The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, let's get the cash. We'll get back to the OJ uh, stuff later. We welcome in the Yankee general manager. Brian, welcome. How are you? Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good. All right, it's been a busy couple of days. Um... Give me your thoughts first on what you and I know you've done some of this, but for my audience, give your th- my thoughts first. Your thoughts first on what you uh, were looking to do and what you feel you did with the uh, White Sox trade. Well, the the the, the road we're traveling is we're trying to pr- you know improve the present uh, as well as the future. You know, simultaneously, that's the effort. If we if we're doing anything short term on a rental, we don't want it to cost much. Um, but uh, but you know the the best approach for us would be as if we can run into anything that, you know, has controllable years attached to it uh, and obviously as much impact as possible. So, you know, the material materialized with the White Sox, we certainly, you know, gave it our best shot in terms of Quintana discussions that went a different way and went to the Cubs. Uh, but from that, we were able to springboard and continue conversations uh, on focusing on players they did like as well. And they had some other high-end uh, relievers, especially of interest to us in Canely and Robertson. So those guys are controllable through next year and in Canely's case beyond. And uh, obviously Todd Frazier, you know, collapsed into the deal because of our short-term need and he's a rental. So, you know, you know, we felt it was something that was going to uh, benefit us, and I'm going to continue to try to do things like that as we move forward. Cash, are you? Um, is it fair to say that you feel content with Headley and maybe Headley in a platoon at first base right now, or are you still looking at the first base position? I, you know, I still think we're going to get Greg Bird back, um, and so I think the combination of what Frazier, Headley, Cooper is going to be able to provide from the third and first base side. I think uh, is going to, you know, and hopefully will be enough for us. And I do think that, you know, Bird will be back at some point this year. Okay, so it's fair to say you're not shopping for a first baseman right now? No. Okay. Um, obviously, you'll shop for pitching as as it becomes available. Are you expecting there to be some choices for you to have or some people that will be interesting to look at, or do you think it's going to be a very, very shallow pool? There's definitely choices. Some are bad choices. Some are really good choices. And clearly, the the rub is the really good choices are really you know uh, difficult conversations because they're going to involve you know parting with some serious assets. And so um, that's the rub. That's the the walk. I mean, some of these other guys uh, you know that aren't very good. You know, you could catch lightning in the bottle. We've done that and benefited from that from time to time. But you never you know uh, can expect that. So. We're going to stay engaged. I mean, I, I do. You know, I think we all believe that uh, and know that we we need an upgrade in the rotation. The loss of Pineda, you know, uh, does not help. Like we needed an upgrade in the rotation. I even think before that, and uh, now with that, it makes it even that much more difficult. And that was kind of went in also to the the part of improving the pen. If it's if it's so hard to improve the rotation uh, as it is, because it's you know the opportunities out there aren't uh, as you know, uh, as plentiful 
that uh, let's try to continue to build from the ninth inning down and improve on that aspect of it. So if we can get the ball into the bullpen with a lead, you know, we can, you know, we can hold it. So, but in the meantime, I will continue to try to get the, an improvement in the starting rotation for the short and long term, if it's possible. Uh, your team surprised, had a great, you know, opened up with a couple of losses, then went on a great run, one twenty to twenty five, and got to fifteen games over five hundred. For the last thirty games, it has not been a very good team. Uh, we all know who was missing. We all know what happened to the back of the pen. Where would you say you are right now, as you look at this team? As we start playing Seattle tonight, what would you say about your ball club? Yeah, I think we. I think we're very good. We have a very good team on paper. Um, I think you know it's a 162 game season, as we all know. I think we we came out you know uh, as a heavyweight, you know, throwing some serious punches, uh, and you know as the season progressed, so the first two months were as good as you know we could have hoped, uh, and then I think we. You know, I think the CC injury uh, in that Anaheim game on that West Coast trip where he came out with a hamstring, I think, after two innings. Next thing you know, we did a bullpen by committee to get through that game. Uh, and then uh, I don't think we've kind of uh, – that that would be the equivalent of taking a punch, you know, and uh, and getting glassy-eyed a little bit and, and uh, knee-wobbly a little bit. And so between that with some unexpected poor performance at the same time, uh, getting our bullpen gassed, getting some bad performance because we're getting the ball of the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning with a lead for a good three or four week period, but then we weren't able to hold it. You know, the combination of things plus the DL injuries that hit, I think, would be the equivalent of a boxer taking a shot and us getting wobbly legged. So uh, I think we're getting our, uh, I'm looking forward to us getting our balance back and then hitting our stride again. You know, uh, every team goes through some down times. We've hit a real long, rough stretch that we are better than we're currently playing. Uh, part of it is, yeah, we've lost some bad injuries, but everybody's had to deal with that too. So I think, uh, I think I'm looking forward to us hitting our stride again and getting back online and and winning series. And that's got to start, obviously, uh, sooner than later. Uh, Disappointing getting out of Minnesota, not winning that series. And so now it's off to Seattle, and hopefully we can change that narrative and then get on a run. Severino against King Felix tonight as the Yankees open up the uh, four games, the last four games of what has been a long trip, obviously from Boston to Minnesota and into Seattle before the Yankees come home and uh, we'll see the Cincinnati Reds uh, next Tuesday. Um, Cash, you're going to have, uh, and I know that obviously you, you let the manager make out the lineup card, but when Hicks comes back, you're going to have uh, Judge Frazier, Gaudy, Ellsbury, and Hicks. Do you have a vision for this outfield? Uh, do you want to see Frazier get uh, a, you know, Judge is Judge, so really the four, the other is going to play every day. We know that. The other four in the two spots. Do you really want to see Frazier play a lot? You're going to leave that up to the manager. Do you have a vision for what you ha- want to see, how that outfield unfolds over the next couple of months? Um, well, I think right now, you know, prior to Hicks, I think Frazier's earned the right to keep, you know, getting, you know, more playing time than not. Uh, so I think he's pushed himself into that. You know, he's earned that right. And I agree. Given, and it gives us an opportunity to, to you know, to spell Guardy and Ellsbury. You know, clearly Judge, who just got a day of rest yesterday, but he hasn't gotten many. Uh, but, you know, we're going to be clearly riding uh, Aaron as no long question. as we can, but protecting him at the same time with the day off every now and then. But So I'd, I'd say Frazier going to play. And then when Hicks comes back, you know, uh, obviously we're going to have to, you know, probably, you know, if, assuming everybody stays healthy, you know, he'll be optioned out because there's no other way to fit it all in. So, uh, but September 1st would be around the corner. And Hicks's injury was, you know, significant enough. It's going to be, you know, he's probably, 
probably you know off the, in my mind about two at least two to plus three weeks away. So uh, I don't think the time frame in the event that everybody stays healthy and Frazier does go down when Hicks comes back, then I don't think it's going to be long till September anyway. So, uh, but so right now uh, and until Hicks comes back, you want to see Frazier get a, a bulk of the time, even if it cuts into Guardian elsewhere. You still want to see him play a lot, right? Well, I think uh, yeah, I, I think as long as he earns that. Right. I mean, Gardy, uh, I think Gardy deserves to be playing. I think it obviously it's probably going to come at the expense of Ells, uh, you know, more than anybody else. And, uh, you know, Ells had that concussion. Uh, he's come back from the concussion, but there is obviously extensive uh, information about how when guys do come back from a concussion that, you know, their performance, uh, at least in the out, in, in the beginning, you know, suffers. And uh, so obviously, I think that uh, right now, if I was deploying on a daily basis, it'd be more Judge Frazier Gardner. Uh, and, but uh, but I think that Joe will evaluate on a daily basis what's the best matchup. Uh, you know, Ellsbury will be playing. and um, But, you know, listen, Frazier's playing well. And uh, and we're obviously trying to win games. And that's, you know, that's how I would do it. And, and I've conveyed that to Joe and my thoughts on it. And but, uh, it. but he makes that lineup out and he'll do what he thinks is best on a daily basis. And Ellsbury can help us win games. And, and he's come back now. And, and, uh, and so, you know, whatever the best lineup is on any given day, that's what we're going to go with. We're talking with Brian Cash, man, about the Yankees right now as they head into these late July days here. And obviously everyone's watching as the Yankees just made an interesting trade with the White Sox and maybe more to come as far as these weeks uh, as we head into the uh, dog days uh, of August. When you look at this uh, pitching staff, Cash, right now, uh, Severino's done a good job. Montgomery's hit a little bit of a uh, a dry patch here, which is not unexpected in the season. Uh, what, what would you say about your starting pitching right now with ha- how it stands or what you have at, at your disposal? Yeah, I think the, 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 the fifth spot is an area of worry, you know, because, uh, you know, I think we have guys that if they're pitching to the, their capabilities, they could stabilize that spot. Uh, that would be right now between Sessa and or Mitchell. Um, but, um, I, you know, I'd rather import something if I could uh, to, to give ourselves some more depth and some more choices and protect ourselves from injury because another injury could happen, you know, you right. know, at any time. And so then you're, you're even uh, thinner than you currently are. So, um, you know, obviously Tanaka at times is pitched like the Tanaka we know, uh, Severino and, and you know Montgomery have had you know terrific seasons for us. Uh, you know, which is they're doing everything you could have asked for, despite Montgomery's most recent uh, right. performance. You know, in Boston and Minnesota, but you know, really pleased with what he's done and how he's developed. And and then CC obviously was someone that you know he's back. He pitched a great game up in Boston for us, and you know it was just tough losing him for the period of time. He's really just developed into a nice, crafty, you know, uh, veteran leader and performer. You know, uh, with the the change of equipment that he's got, because you know he has transitioned completely, just like Pandy Pettit did. You know, as a from a power guy to a pitchability guy, and and uh, he's an innings guy. With he usually gives us a chance to win, and 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 does so more more so than not. He's been he's been very valuable. No question. He has done a CC's done a very good job and he has become uh, somewhat reliable in that spot. Do you feel like you have enough right now to cover the fifth spot? I mean, obviously you're, you're still out there looking and you're going to continue to do that, but do you feel comfortable with the guys you're sending out there right now? I think they're capable. I think it's my it's in my best interest to never feel comfortable uh with it. Uh, so I guess I'd answer it both ways, which is 
if that's if my conversations force me to go that route and stay with what we got, so be it. And yeah, I'll be forced to be comfortable with it. But I think, you know, if I'm doing my job to the best of my abilities on behalf of this ownership and fan base, then I I, I got to approach this as I'm not comfortable enough. And so that's why I stay engaged. You've also given your team a very deep bullpen. And I know people mention, oh, it looks like Kansas City. It also looks like if you go back, something you're very, uh, you know, were attuned to, and that's the 96 Yankees who were very good, whether it was a cone, whether it was a key, giving them five innings of being able to get four out of what was a incredibly deep and well-matched bullpen in 96. One of the great postseason bullpens of all time. This, this bullpen you have right now is very capable of giving you four innings a night. Yes, there's no doubt about it, and I think uh, you know, we're now in a, in a unique situation. You know, given any day and and use usability, if Joe, Joe if Joe has everybody available, obviously he can deploy how he sees fit, and and I think he's met with the the bullpen and said be be ready at any time. But obviously, when you start using guys back to back, you know we never want to go to a three day in a row situation. So some guys after two days in a row will be off on that third day, and so next you know the closer might be a different name, or the eighth inning might go to a different person because he you know use patterns so but they have all been sat down and uh, and talked to and i think they're all uh, on notice to expect the unexpected because they're all capable of pitching high leverage situations and in this new day and day and age that we've been playing baseball that uh, that high leverage can occur as early as the fifth inning with with two outs and the bases loaded and that might be the time that you know a guy who normally pitches in the eighth inning you might see in the fifth inning so i think they're all aware and, and prepared and and i think uh, we have a good unit in that clubhouse. They all they're all ready to do whatever's necessary to, to try to help us win. I mean, Clippard, we know. Hey, listen, p- relief pitches can have ups and downs. We all know that. Uh, but more surprising to me than even a Clippard has been what we've seen with Batances and Chapman. W- w- have you been puzzled by their inconsistencies? Yes, uh, I mean, uh, I definitely. Uh, more so a chap um, than than Dellen, you know, because uh, Dellen every now and then can get offline a little bit and stuff. But in Chap's case, you know, the the lack of swing and miss uh, and the command issues, you know, he was just so fantastic last year, and uh, and it's obviously been a little bit different this year. And so that that one is more of a head scratcher, um, you know, than anything else. But uh, I think now with uh, the deeper cast of characters that we have, we're going to be in a better position to at least stay away from you know, and I think Joe's always done a great job of this uh, staying away from overuse so now it just comes down to I think everybody should be in a good position to be rested enough and then it just comes down to purely performing and and unless there's an injury in play that we're not aware of then then they will typically perform to their abilities so. right I mean it, it and it did hit and obviously you know there were a lot of games there where you rallied and the back of the bullpen didn't get it done, and you're looking right at Patances, right at Chapman, and those are devastating games. You had a lot of those. If you go over the last month, you've had a lot of those. It feels like, uh, I'd say in the last 45 days, you know, and I'm just guessing right now, uh, so forgive me if the number's wrong, but you could come up with nine or ten games that we, you know, uh, should have or counted on winning that we weren't able to do so because what was a winning environment that we entered towards the seventh, eighth, or ninth turned into a losing game. And, uh, and so obviously... You know some of the efforts that we've undertook here recently with this trade with the White Sox, especially, or try to help you know mitigate that. So I, you know, we're preparing. I you know, described it as a sprint. We've got two months plus uh, in the remaining season, and we want to arm our our 
manager and our coaching staff with the best assets to try to uh, nail that win column as much as we possibly can, uh, and so we can somehow you know deliver a postseason you know uh, berth. And then once you're in it, you, anybody has a shot to win it. And I know if we can get into the postseason with the offense that we're capable of having, with a deep bullpen like we currently have, and not having to need five starters deep, you know we're a completely different animal. Talking with Brian Cashman. Cash is there. Uh, we know that you have some talented arms in the minors. Are any of those guys possibilities to come up and impact this pennant race? You know, I'd say Chance Adams, uh, you know, but more so probably as a reliever, uh, which isn't as necessary than as a starter, but maybe as a starter too. We're, we're just not sure just yet. You know, uh, again, he's he's still got areas of development to finish off, uh, but someone that we're real excited about. He's right. obviously not on the roster and, and uh, you know, we're not holding back on bringing him where you're trying to continue his development as he, you know, masters his changeup. You know, he needs a, you know, that pitch, especially against left-handed pitching. If you watch, I mean, against left-handed hitters, if you watch, you know, his splits, left-handers nail him a little bit. So uh, it's something that, you know, uh, those games are developmental games down below, but the games up here count. And so we just want to make sure that when we call that name, whether it's in 17 or 18, that he's fully equipped to, to manage major league lineups, whether it's, you know, it'll be easier for him if he comes out of the bullpen because he doesn't need all the pitches. But, uh, but as a starter, you know, he certainly needs to be able to command them all and, uh, and deploy them all. I recently saw a report the other day that uh, mentioned how well Mateo was playing. Now, he's a guy that Yankee fans have heard and uh, fans have heard a lot about, and then maybe not as much because you've had these other guys go past him and perform so brilliantly. But now again, guys talking about how well and, and some of the things he's shown of late and really you know, talking so uh, you know, in such brilliant terms about what he's done. Clue me in on how he's playing right now. He's been on fire. Uh, you know, the tool set's never been questioned. Uh, you know, this guy's got all five tools. He can impact the baseball, uh, you know, and, and, and put a charge in it, too. You know, the speed's off the chart, the, the arm. So he's played great defense at short. You know, he, he can run like the wind, so he, he's shown the ability to play the outfield and center field if we, if we need be. Really? My preference, though, personally, would be to leave him at short as much as possible. I mean, because the, 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 our outfield stuff is so deep. Um, but yeah, we promoted him to uh, to Trenton, uh, and since that, you know, he's a promotion. He's had 20 games. He's hitting 357. Uh, he's got uh, 1057 OPS. So he's been off the charts, and he's definitely the talk of you know scouting communities and stuff like that. He's always has been because the tool set's never been questioned. It's just performance wise. So are, they, are the other teams hearing no when they bring him up? I'd say I'm open to listen. I don't think. As I approach this uh, on every way, shape, and form, it's in my best interest to be open-minded to anything and everything. Certainly, it's uh, the, the sticker price on some names are higher than the sticker price on other names. But for me to, you know, I, I can't put it. You know, I don't think I have anybody untouchable. I have more people touchable than others. But uh, but I'm I'm open-minded to a lot of different things and and playing off that depth list. And there, you know, Blake Rutherford was our number one pick, who we had a lot of you know uh, high hopes for. Right. You know, but but because we have you know Judge and, you have and a lot Frazier of yes. and, and all these other guys, yeah, and he was so far away. Right. It, you know, you have to utilize some of the system no for question. other measures. So. So I'm open-minded. You know, we have a lot of infielders here too. But what would uh, if you were to project right now, what would be his best position in the majors? I'd say shortstop. I mean, he can play defensively center field with probably anybody. But uh, 
but I think it's easier to find the, those the, an outfielder than right. to find a shortstop. So um, he's probably our best uh, defensive shortstop. Is he a better system. middle infielder than Torres is? Yeah, because his tool package is is broader. Um, his performance, uh, for the most part, isn't you know the same. But uh, but that tool package is something you do not see. You, you, when you walk in and, and look at and watch a game that Mateo plays, uh, he will he will separate himself from anybody on the field, uh, both sides, both dugouts. So uh, you don't see the tool package that Mateo has running around. Often now, now Gliber Torres uh, is a guy who can play third. He can play short. He can play second, and he's a massive performer. Uh, and he makes the most of all his tools. But his tool package is lesser than than the ceiling of a Mateo, for instance. Mateo's got you know he he's a he's a pure thoroughbred to go would be the highest auction type uh, at, you know at, at the Tattersalls. So he, he's he's that type of guy gotcha. just waiting for it to translate into. You know, consistent success has just been the rub. He he got out of the South Atlantic League with a dominant performance, and then he sputtered for about two years in the Florida State League, and and now he's hit his stride. Uh, he's made some adjustments, and he's just been dominant in his maiden voyage in the Eastern League, which is exciting because he's he's only um how old is he? Twenty two years old. So the reports and, so, that that were that glowing have been that are accurate. He has been that good. Oh yeah, these aren't these aren't uh, you know sometimes you see a lot of performance that. Right. If you're actually watching the games, they're blue pits, they're broken bat discs, they're swinging bunts and stuff like that, which you're padding the stats. Now, this stuff is all real. Wow. So and that's interesting. I'm sure that I'm sure there's a lot of interest as there is in, a, in, in your entire minor league system because obviously it's very deep right now, as we know. Yeah, it, it's you know we're proud of the the current system we're sitting on, and it's you know but but being proud is. You know, not going to help us. What's What's now important is to 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 do you know the the tough work, which is to pick who to keep and 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 who you know who's worth to hold on to and who's worth to deploy uh, on on real assets that can translate into the win column for us in the present and the future. And that's the that's the next trick of the trade. I think we've done a great job in the amateur acquisition side, uh, as well as the pro acquisition side from the you know drafting, international signs, professional trades. Uh, but now it's about Again, the finishing off the development, getting them to perform, perform at the big league level, or translating it into trades and importing somebody from outside the organization that will eventually get us a championship again. Does it impact you at all in your thinking uh, when talking with Brian Cashman as to how you look about what you will and won't uh, spend this year in terms of uh, prospects when you see teams having the kind of years that are going to roll into the playoffs, knowing there's a couple of dominant teams out there this year, like the Dodgers, like Houston, like Washington. Does that impact you at all? And you look at that and say, wow, you know, on our best day, maybe we can't play with them right now. Or do you think you'd be a very dangerous, uh, you know, competitor if you do get into the mix? Um, it doesn't impact me because I, I would say that, you know, I, I would think for April and May and, and early June, I don't think anybody wanted to play us. Um, it's just a long season. And so those who are currently king of the jungle doesn't mean that they're going to be that, you know, uh, when when the bell rings in October. Uh, a lot of things change. You just saw a big injury, uh, you know, right. that happened in Houston with Correa uh, that no one wants to see happen. But, you know, things like that can change the complexion of everything. Uh, you know, I remember last year the Dodgers were flying high. I, mean, I think it was last year. And then Kershaw got hurt for a period of time. Now he made it back yep. in the end. Yep. So there's a lot of dynamics he can play. Uh, I described, obviously, our situation where, you know, we were a heavyweight 
fighter that you know it seemed to have taken a punch and and we got you know a little glassy eyed and it changed how we were able to to box for the last number of rounds uh which had been about a month and a half you know that doesn't mean that same type of punch can't get thrown to somebody else and they, they get off kilter a little bit so it's a long year uh we are just trying to do everything we possibly can to improve upgrade where we can and then maintain uh the the guys that are currently doing you know really well so that's the trick and if we can get this team into postseason we'll take our chances Listen, thanks very much. Appreciate it. We'll talk along the way. Thanks, Cash. Okay. All Thank right, you. Brian Cashman, there you go. They're not done. And obviously they have an eye towards the playoffs this year. And you just heard, as we just talked about, how you can add Mateo now to that list because you just heard the glowing reports about him, but he didn't call him untouchable back after this.